Hi folks, and welcome to D&D Major. I am Gina, and I will be your DM today. And I am joined by... Hey guys, I'm Allison. I'll be playing Farlina, the tiefling sorcerer. I'm Evan, and I will be playing Valen, the high elf rogue. I'm Gus. I will be playing Tibble, the um, human druid. I'm Victor. I'll be playing the half-elf cleric, Tamir. All right. So, like I said, welcome to D&D Major. Uh, this is a tabletop role-playing show where we'll be playing D&D 5e. And this takes place in a, a homebrew setting with some homebrew rules that will probably roll out throughout the experience. Uh, this homebrew setting is one that uh, everyone participating in this has played previous campaigns in. So they'll know a little bit going in, but we're really excited to share uh, our, our home world state with all of you. Sound good, everyone? Yeah. 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 All yeah, right. The new new campaign right. like jitters. I'm I really know. really excited. Yeah, I've been wanting peel, to peel, peel, peel the top off that can yeah. of Pringles. Yeah, new campaign nice smell. But anyway, <laughs> um, I am really really excited to dive into a new campaign. Do you guys want to head to the intro? Yeah, yeah let's do let's it. Do this. All right, we're jumping right in. Let's do this. We begin in the lake-locked Gwynian capital, Tapston. Early in the evening of Armistice, Gwyn's most lavish and celebratory national holiday. And the whole city is a party. For the last week, engineers, craftsmen, cooks, entertainers, and their hired hands have worked to construct a network of pop-up food stands, vendors' stalls, games, and performance spaces throughout the city. And today, the citizens of Tapston poured into the streets to celebrate. Though the cold of winter has begun to settle over the country, Tapston is warm and lit by magically colored lanterns set on poles high above the streets, and the canals that cut through the city glow as lit boats and candles skim along the water. Farlina, as you cross one of the city's many bridges, making your way to the central island, you hear music, laughter, and stories on all sides. You find the sound slipping together, one act fading into the next. First, a crowd of wildly dressed players performing parody to embarrassed applause. Then, a robed figure with a stringed instrument playing something high and longing, quickly caught away in the den. In the air above the bridge hum not just the glowing lanterns, but flying, bird-like toys that a craftsman appears to be showing off to a delighted group of children. The birds, some mechanical contraption awash with magical influence, float in lazy circles through the air, flashing and crying as the artist waves a control rod. But you, Farlina, let this sensory overload wash over you, soaking it up as inspiration as you finish crossing the bridge and begin to climb your way up the large staircase that circles the central island. Above you rises Gwyn's castle, and before you, behind large walls with open gates, lies the plaza and large gardens that surround the capitol building. The plaza, much like the rest of the city, is filled with revelers but only the best artisans and entertainers are allowed on the central island. The stalls here feature only guild crafts or gauntler silver. The food stands host only world-famous sugar craftsmen or imported coffee and tea. And the performers here, well, they're the best that Gwyn could find. Well, they're the best that aren't featured at the Bard's Hall or the Warden's Rest Theater, but still. And this is a momentous occasion for you, Farlina, because after months of performing and networking throughout Tapston, you've managed to secure a time slot for yourself on the plaza's main stage. You see, behind the stage and past a low, temporary fence, your contact and sometimes manager, Edgar Collins. So, 
Allison. Before you go over and meet Edgar, I was hoping that you could introduce your character to everyone. Yes. <laughs> so, I am Farlina. I am a red-skinned tiefling with long, wavy, um, strawberry blonde hair. She is dressed in um, a sleeveless tunic with a bit of a like, uh, like a corset and wrapping upon her, and um, some pennants off of like where her tunic ends. And it's just wearing like pants and um, slightly heeled sandals that sort of wrap up her legs a bit. So she can definitely, it looks like she likes to have uh, mobility. Um, she has these beautiful filigreed golden armbands that cover her, her arms. And then her chest has, um, as she moves through the light, you can, and I'm gonna jump out of Ferlina's voice for a second here. As she moves through the light, you can see that her, her reddish skin kind of uh, shimmers gold and you can see there are sort of like goldish almost like scales if you were to get closer and get a look that move from her chest up her neck like underneath her chin and she has horns as many tieflings do just like shortish off of her forehead that goes straight up and then curve back slightly mm -hmm. um, like in front of her head so she looks she looks done up and like presentable but definitely looks like she likes to be able to move a bit as well like mm -hmm. she likes to have mobility that makes perfect um, sense yes so elegant and somewhat noblish but yeah so that's what she looks like all right so farlina walks through the the gates into the plaza you see edgar across the the way sort of behind the stage um, so you have a little bit of time before your act, although you cut it a little close, to be honest, you, you, um, uh, you probably have about like six or seven minutes before, um, you, it's your time to go on stage. So it's really close. It's pretty close. <laughs> um, you were uh, taking in the sides of the city. I guess I'll go up to Edgar and be like, okay, I'm here. I'm ready. Our, how, how, how much longer till the performance? There's just a few more minutes. Uh, okay. All right. Is... You had me a little bit scared, I'll be honest. Oh, it is fine. It is okay. Look, I'm here now. You you are. Uh, they're, they've been playing for a little bit. They had a couple um, pieces in their set. And you see on stage, um, and also there's people dancing in the in the plaza. Uh, there's a, a three-piece set. Looks like probably a, a fiddle. A stringed instrument. Not quite a lute, but something long and, and like with a more resonant tone and a flute are playing something very upbeat and catchy that has uh, folks in the plaza fairly what? pleased. What do you make of the flute player? Well, to be honest, he's being carried by the other two, but it looks like nobody <laughs> hears him. You know, That's too much. That's exactly what I want to hear. Um, did you notice, is, is he here or they here? Or is there any sign? So I had word that they will be here. They're sending a representative. Um, he will be himself? I don't have confirmation of that, but I know that you will be seen. Okay. And look, I'm hoping too. This can only work out well for the both of us that if they actually true. make it here. So I'm hoping. Okay. okay. Um, what I do, because I've noticed throughout the evening, look up to the, the walls around the gardens. They don't seem to be going through the plaza, which kind of makes sense to me, but there's people watching from the walls. Okay. I will check the walls. I will be aware. Okay. Uh, now, are you ready? I think I am. This is, this is it. This is the moment. Okay. Don't fuck it up. Oh. You do not have confidence in me? Look, 
I'll be completely honest, you are not the first person that I have represented, so I believe in you, I believe in you, but also don't fuck us over. Edgar, Edgar, you'll be fine. You're in good hands here. We'll be good. Uh, and I will, I will get, I will put my supplies down. I'll have my flute in hand and I'll head on over to the stage. Okay. You wait behind the stage. It's not very, like, it's not a highly elevated stage. It seems more like it's to act as a, a clear divide between the performers and the viewers, but it's not like elevated. It's, it's probably like maybe a quarter of a foot off the ground, but there are um, curtains behind it for the, the upcoming acts kind of wait. Can I poke my head out to the side? I want to see, I want to see what sort of sources of light are here and if there are if there are flames. Are they open are there open flames around? There absolutely are, because one of the major um, light sources th throughout the city right now, it's part of the armistice celebration, are these large ringed torches. There's poles with three rings of different colored fire that are sort of lighting up paper surrounding that's putting out diffuse light, but it's in many different colors. It's there, uh, it's okay. behind paper, but it's definitely there. there are, but there are, those are there. Yes, okay. there's also um, several food stalls here, some of which are using contained flame uh, behind their stalls um, to, to keep their food warm, okay. to prepare their food. Um, and then there's a series of paper lanterns that line the, the stairs up to the castle, but that's kind of a, a ways mm -hmm. away. And one final question as I'm surveying mm -hmm. the crowd, how much space is there between the stage and the crowd? And is there, are there tiered seating? Is it tiered seating or are people just sort of flat, like, you know, open yard style? It's open um, yard style. Okay. Um, if you wanted to get elevated, there's probably a way to do it. So there's basically, there's open space above the crowd. Oh, in the air above the crowd? Yeah. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So it, it's an yes. open air stage. It's it's fairly open. It's a plaza. Okay. So yes, it, it's an open Perfect. air stage in the middle. Uh, it takes up like, the plaza's a ring and it takes, a, or uh, not a ring, like a circle. And okay. it takes up a, a quadrant of that. Perfect. Mm -hmm. All right. All awesome. right, with a flourish uh, and a lot of cheer, uh, cheers from the audience, the performers performing before you wrap up their set. They cheer and bow jauntily. They seem like they're they're more like casual, but they also seem popular. They probably have performed around the city before. This is not a group that doesn't know them. So they sort of gesture to the crowd, uh, the crowd cheers, and they walk behind the curtain past you. Edgar kind of rubs his hands together and claps them um, to give himself some fortitude. He's a very short half-orc, um, but he's dressed impeccably. He has this like very, very nice, clean black, not really a suit, it's like a long tunic um, and, and black pants, uh, but he okay. looks very sharp. Okay. But also like he's trying to not take attention away from the performers on stage. Okay. Um, and he walks out in front of you on, uh, onto the stage and says, um, All right, uh, ne next up we have a set performed by a woman who has been making sparks all throughout the city for the past couple of months. You may have seen her not only in some of the, the smaller performance halls, but making her way out in front of the big ones too. She's looking for a sponsor, so everybody give a hand for Farlina. 
All right, and I will make my way out onto the stage, mm-hmm. um, and I'll I'll walk sort of with poise and keep my my flute in hand. I'll come out and give a bit of a bow, like an introductory bow, and then I will use control flames mm-hmm. to dim all of the firelights. I just want to give mm-hmm. like a like kind of slowly raise my hand and move it across the the stage and I want everything to dim. Absolutely. Um, so all the lights in the plaza hush. Uh, they're still lit and they're giving off warmth, but they're quiet and all the focus has come to you. You can hear whispered muffled like excitement from the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, so I bring those down and as I like move my hand like finishing the gesture for the spell, I'll bring it to my flute and bring my flute up and then I'm going to just start going into this low, mysterious, methodical flute solo, just starting in like the really low tones, Mm -hmm. and then start moving around the stage slowly as I'm playing, as I start with my, like, the first part of my act. Have you lit the the stage? Did you leave like lights around the stage lit or is it drawing attention to the music and you've dimmed the lights around you as well? Um, I've dimmed the lights around me a little bit, mm-hmm. but I still want there to be light in front of me. Okay. So I'll, I'll be doing that. Uh, so I begin with my solo and then as I'm playing, I'm going to like give little flourishes with the control flames uh, cantrip and just start making like the flames in different parts of the stage and in the audience just start to like like flicker and dance sort of like with my notes um, as they start to like erupt a little bit and like flitter around so like the performance is sort of in with the the audience as well mm-hmm. um, I'll glance up and see if there's anything up on the walls that I can sort of light as well with my control flames mm-hmm. and I'll do that I don't know if there's any like lanterns so- up there because it's dark and you're causing lights to flash, it's probably hard for you to see anything beyond the, the circle of the plaza, just because mm-hmm. I imagine your eyes would have to adjust to it. Mm-hmm. But you can definitely aim for the walls and, and see, like, there's there's candles along the walls that you can kind of make swell and okay. quiet in tune with your song. Perfect. And then as I'm playing, I'm going to hit on this one melody and I'm going to start, like, stomping my foot to kind of get the audience to start like stomping and like slowly clapping as well so that I have a rhythm going Mm -hmm. and that people are like giving me a rhythm. So I start doing that. And then as I start getting that rhythm, I take my flute and between like a few like beats of rests between my solo as it starts to pick up, I'm gonna take the flute and I'm actually gonna spin it. And as I'm spinning, I'm going to cast Produce Flame with my other hand and begin like swirling flame around as my flute is spinning. And then when it lands and I catch it, I'll keep the Produce Flame going in my one hand as I continue to play. 
so I have that flame going and then I start doing that again sort of like derivatives of that like as I'm playing people are stomping and I have a rhythm I'll get another produced flame going on my other hand and like just start like swirling them around along with sort of the flute twirling and playing um, it's really sort of dissonant and weird mm -hmm. um, but with like people sort of participating in with the beat I'm trying to like get sort of a heartbeat going with everybody so you've definitely got people like stomping in time um, you can hear sort of like gasps and, and engagement from the audience I'm gonna need you to roll a performance check to see okay. how into it folks are getting perfect 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 let's go that's good uh, 22. All right, fantastic. First, 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 first yeah. roll. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hope that sets Woo! the tone. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm also going to, with like that beat of the audience going, I'm going to also cast Thaumaturgy to start making it echo a bit as well, and to sort of make the sounds of my flute begin to like weave like through people as well. I don't know like if that constitutes Thaumaturgy, because um, <laughs> I know that Thaumaturgy is like voice booms and they're like minor wonders is what it says yeah so i don't know i'm using i'm using the cantrips for flavor yeah so. no i was like i'm gonna Just give to it like, to you like, like yeah uh the next i love the flavor of it so perfect it. the next thing that i'm going to do um as i'm like i'm in sort of the like second part of my solo i am it's sort of like reaching a crescendo of this sort of the second portion as in getting to that i'm going to like spin around and touch myself real quick and cast dragon's breath on myself just sort of subtly as i'm moving like i mm -hmm. sort of tap myself um so that is like cast on myself I'm going to continue using the produced flame and just sort of like do a couple of like cartwheels and like flipping around like again with the flute and like swirling like the flames around. If you have several flames going at once, please make a dexterity check. Okay. I know this is your craft, but also um, you're, you're in a new straight, stage. Straight decks or acrobatics? I was going to say straight decks, but you can do acrobatics if you want. Okay. Mm, ten. <laughs> okay. Less good. Um. You don't like catch anything on fire or anything like that, but there is a sense of slight unease that the audience is starting to feel just because as you're using this fire, it doesn't look perfectly in control. Um, and they're just a little, like people are excited. They're still stamping their feet. They're still like, you know, whistling and cheering whenever a particularly interesting, you know, flash of magic, um, you know, sparks to life in front of them. Okay. But there's just a slight unease. Okay, okay. Uh, in that case- This is um, new. This is not something that they've yeah. seen tonight, so. All right, there's no need to do that then. Okay. Okay, uh, but I'm gonna continue and I'm gonna try and like steal myself and be like, oh, okay, uh, mm -hmm. I don't wanna lose them. So I'm going to take a few steps back and I've still got, let's see, produce flames. They're non-concentration, they just last for 10 minutes. So like the flames are still going mm -hmm. like on my hands as I'm playing. And the flute I imagine is starting to like glow a little bit from like the flames around. It's still safe, but it's like, like everything is like glowing. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm going to step back at the end of this part of my solo. I'm going to like spin around and again, toss the flute up and then sort of straight up, I'm going away from the audience. I'm going to breathe my fire. Okay. And just like breathe it right out and above. Um, you hear some like startled, like excited screams, like a little bit, like again, they <laughs> yes. were, yeah, like, ah! yeah. Ah! 
they feed God, me. You know, like, um, it, like, you know, so, some, some gasps from the audience as you do that. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah. So then I, as I do that and I catch my flute again and sort of like glance around the audience and I look up for, I'm going to ch- like scan the, um, the, the walls real quick and see if I see anything up there. Okay. As I'm pre- uh, roll for perception okay. at disadvantage because again, that's... I got a lot going on. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's pretty dang dark up there. Okay. 11. It's really dark. Yeah. Um, okay. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. And, and also you just had fire flash in front of your eyes and you're probably a little bit light blind. Um, (laughs) Right. Um, Which is part of it. I imagine that's like part of the, the state you settle into as you're dancing. I'm just sort of, I, I, I get into this rhythm and groove. Like this is something I have been doing for a while and I've been practicing and I'm just sort of let myself sort of be like completely overtaken mm-hmm. by it. So I, as I'm doing that and I'll continue to where I can, like as I'm playing, use control flames to make the flames again around me on stage and in the audience to sort of like, <laughs> like flame up like more and more, but like bring them up and down and make an intelligence check okay uh, saving uh make an intelligence saving throw actually like saving this, throw well this is yeah it's probably the same yeah <laughs> okay it is okay then it doesn't matter <laughs> 15 okay you're fine okay the the flames a lot of the flames are surrounded by paper so oh, okay, i just wanted okay. to make sure that <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, yeah. careful enough to not then I'll start, set those on fire then i'll start focusing on just the ones around the stage then because i imagine those are more open okay um and I want the like the uh, attention to be like fully on yeah. me now. So yeah, I'm like really the focus. And then let's see, the next thing I'm going to do is I imagine I'm getting towards sort of the end of my performance. I it goes on for maybe like it's not very long. It's like um it's like a three or four minute performance. I'll I'll do some more like tossing of like twirling of the flute with swirling with my uh contr- my produce flame hands and i'll do one where i'm like i i throw myself up and like flip and when i land um i want to do another blast of like fire like breathe another uh cone of fire up um from my dragon's breath mm-hmm. and I'll, I'll get my foot back out and i'll do like my last sort of like riff of the song and like do like some final like stomps and then like do- using both my hands i'll like put the flute aside and swirl them around again and like make it look I'm, like I'm throwing the flames up from my hands like I'll throw them up and then I'll do my last blow of fire and then everything I want all the flames to go dark I just want everything to go black and then I'm gonna relight the ones on the stage and that will be the end So you um, you perform this this final trick. Um, this pyre of of light climbs to the sky, and then the entire plaza falls into darkness, except for the the few lights around the stage. Mm-hmm. the The audience cheers and claps, and then looks a little bit confused because it's very dark in this in mm-hmm. the plaza now. Um, and I'll use control flames, and I'll poop, I'll link. I'll... Well, there's no longer flames there, right? Can you produce <laughs> flames with control flame? Can I do that? Let's see. Can produce flames with produce flames. Yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> okay, what's yeah. the range on that for a produce flame? Um, 30 feet. <laughs> but shooting them. Okay, so <laughs> I, I guess you'd, you'd have to kind of like... Oh, I see. Go I'll, around to relight them. I'll, like, put, <laughs> I'll put my flames up on my hands and I'll go... And I'll just go poop poop and I'll send them over to like two of the braziers to like relight the stage next to me. <laughs> and the rest of the plaza? 
Nope. No. It was, okay. It was very dramatic, but yeah. it also has left the audience kind of like very enthused, but also kind like, of like, oh, now we're, what? We're in darkness. <laughs> now we're in, in darkness and night has fallen. Um, um, and you can hear like some murmuring from, from around the plaza. Yeah, because I don't think I can use thaumaturgy or prestigitation to like relight flames. Um, I, don't, I don't think so. So. Okay. Um, um, you can use prestigitation, but you have to be like next to it. Yeah, because it's a it's a ten foot range. Okay, for that you can after a slightly awkward pause, um, you can hear some of the like, managers of this event um, that are scattered all throughout the the city, and and they sort of start running to some of the torch towers okay. to to begin relighting it. Um, and some of the candles start to come back. Honestly, uh, she on... wouldn't be super concerned in going and, and relighting them no, herself. It was so. very dramatic, <laughs> and, and I, I think it, it, it left an impression. But it, there, it has settled everything Everyone's into like, it. Oh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and yeah, that's my performance. And I give a like a big flourishing bow, like holding my flute in one hand, and I sort of spin it a little bit as I like bow. And I mean, like um, the crowd has been very into this this whole time. Okay. So like the the people near the stage are like thrilled they okay. are they are cheering they're applauding it's more the people in the back of the plaza that are like well fuck now what? <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> um, um but you you give a, a flourish and you duck behind the curtain to leave the stage okay that sounds good um <laughs> collins has a mixed expression on his face <laughs> he's he's thrilled but he also looks deeply nervous his eyes sort of darting around and he's like trying to decide whether he wants to engage himself with the cleanup from this and then has clearly decided that he doesn't. So he kind of flocks over to you. He's like, that, that, uh, that, that was something. That really was something. Do you think they, they took well to it? I, I, I mean, can you hear them? Obviously they did. It sounded fantastic. I am so very pleased with that. I mean, there were a few things. I got a little caught in the middle there. I, I'm going to have to go back and work on it a bit more. There's a few things I need to adjust. Did you see any signs up on the walls? I know it got a bit dark. So I, I had my eyes up there, uh, but I needn't have bothered because uh, I got a message for you. <gasps> There's somebody waiting in the East Garden over there by... Uh, oh, Edgar, this is great! By the staircase, I know. I'm unbelievably <gasps> proud of you. Oh, oh, thank you. And I go up and give him a, a big hug And he's like, well. oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's, he's clearly thrilled. Again, like... He had some on the line here too, and he's mm -hmm. delighted. Okay, um, perfect. And also, don't do not worry. You know how these things are. Like, you may have noticed there was some problem, but I assure you, nobody else did. And if they did, I you know, you I pulled know. it back. So I know that's true. I know it's all. It ends up being all in my head. But uh, thank you, thank you so very much for your help with this. Um, do you have any name or anything except that I should go meet with somebody right now? Is did they say right now they're waiting? They said right now, they're waiting. Do you want to come with me? Or... I do not want to come with you. Okay. I have done my job. <laughs> uh, look, I have a guess, but I think you should go see. This is so wonderful. This is it. Okay. All right. I will go see and I will speak with them and I'll let you know what I hear. Oh, okay. Okay. Wish me luck. I wish you luck. Uh, and I'll head towards the garden. Okay. Um, and I'll take my flute and I'll sort of like strap it into its like case. It's got like a little case on my side, um, almost like a little holster almost mm -hmm. for it. So I can like, fah, like whip it out and I like tuck it away. It's also pretty like elaborately decorated, right? Yeah, so like it's, so it's probably almost a fashion piece I actually, too. yeah, I probably should have explained that. So the flute that I use is sort of, um, it's a black flute actually. And then the keys, like all of the keys on it are 
are like a like a gold rose gold look to them so they kind of have the shimmery rose gold and then the mouthpiece itself because i don't know if people know what flutes look like the mouthpiece has like a little bit of rose gold on it like it's made of rose gold um so it's like a it's a pretty fancy looking flute so i'll head towards the garden it's also probably really hot right now because yes. it's been on fire for a while i can't tell yeah um <laughs> Right, so you you head across the plaza, dodging between um, people and and sort of ducking behind food carts, so you can get the the quickest, most unimpeded path uh, towards this garden. Um, the gardens around the castle are these beautiful, massive, curated uh, walled gardens. The walls around them are looking worse for wear. Um, some of these walls were, were recently damaged uh, and, and some of the pieces have fallen and since been cleared. But you duck through a, a large arch uh, and find a stairway to your right up to the top of one of the walled gardens. Um, this is These are the walls that you are looking to, the ones that are surrounded by uh, candles. And as you climb the, the stairs to your left, you see, it's very dark obviously, but the, the dim silhouette of beautiful trees and flowers and just like this this fascinating over-the-top garden, especially for this region. Mm -hmm. um, but you climb the stairs because yep. you have more I, important I things on your mind. She, I imagine that she's walking because she's so like happy and excited. She's sort of like one-off using thaumaturgy to make some of the lights sort of flicker a little bit, like sort of joyfully. Um, not to make them like flare up or down, just to like, like... No, absolutely. Just well, sort of like, like letting that excitement like flow out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, well, if you're doing that, it makes it very obvious that you're climbing the stairs. Um, so when you, when you reach the top of the stairs you see that there's there's a long like basically a a walking path that runs along the entire stretch of the side of the the gardens there's a little like stone fence to one side that overlooks the plaza and there's little like stone benches that run along the edge uh there's a couple people up here it seems like most people have stayed down in the the plaza but right near the the stairway is a figure in a beautifully embroidered long hooded cloak they're sitting on one of the on one of the stone benches and they're looking at you. And the figure drops down their hood and just gives you sort of like a, a flat, but slightly pleased appraising look. It's a beautiful woman, a, a human woman with like platinum hair pulled back into a, a very tight bun. And she watches as you approach. I'll sort of like steal, not like steal myself a little bit and sort of regain that like um, presence. Mm -hmm. And I will approach and go up to her and say, Hello, I, I believe I received your message, yes? You did, yes. And she, she rises to her feet. Um, she's about your height, but she's this like ramrod straight presence. Is she human? Uh, she's human, yes. Okay. And, and she kind of like smiles very lightly and nods to sort of thank you for, for coming. Uh, and I give a little bow. Time as well and i say i am farlina govna it's a pleasure to meet you it is very nice to meet you too i've i've heard quite a bit about you and that was a very interesting performance interesting in a good way perhaps it was interesting well um i hope it left a lasting impression on you um i am i'm very interested to hear um why you have called me here of course well first you have introduced yourself, so I suppose I should introduce myself. My name is Vane Truewinter, and a, a shiver sort of runs down your spine because you recognize that name. The Truewinters are the owners of the Warden's Rest Theater, which is the prominent theater in Tapston. They also are major patrons of the arts who 
are known for setting up sponsorships pretty much all throughout Gwen. Wow. I see you know my name. That's... Yes! This is... I... Your name brings quite good feelings to me. Oh my goodness. Okay. Um, what, what can I do for you? That is a very good question. See, I can do quite a bit for you, as I'm sure you're aware. Mm -hmm. And I'd be prepared to do that. But here's the thing. Uh, and she sort of leans back against the, the stone wall. Between you and me, we both know, well, we, we know you're not a bard. We know there's not really any magic to your performances. I mean, it's, it's lovely what you do with the fire and the, and it's very exciting, but without being a bard, without real power behind your music, there's only so far you can go without a proper sponsorship and without being in front of the right people. You have to know that. Yes. Yes, I do. Well, wonderful. I'm so glad we're on the same page. See, I have an opening at the, uh, the Warden's Rest next month. It's for a two-week engagement. And I'm looking for a performer. I'm looking for a performer, in fact, to open for Zeke Daki, which I'm sure you are aware is the best ticket in all of Gwen at the moment. Do I know who that is? Do you do, yeah. and that you're not as happy about because Ikdaki is a, is admittedly a major act, and they've been drawing attention away from a lot of your performances <laughs> uh, for the past couple of months. I think I silently like like bristle a little bit. Yes, um, Zeke is a, a an Arakakra dancer, um, okay. and again is very well known in the area. But Vane keeps on talking. She says, "I would be prepared." to partner you with the key for that engagement if you were to do something for me. Okay, I think this could be arranged. I'm very curious to hear what it is that you would like me to do. Um, I certainly do not want to pass up the opportunity to perform at the Warden's Rest. This is wonderful. Oh, I'm sure um, you don't. So, I... can I... <laughs> Nope, I wouldn't do that. Uh, <laughs> I was about to ask for an insight check, but... But that's not where no. she's at right now. Yeah, no, that's totally fair. So, um... All right. Well, uh, Vane actually kind of smiles to that response. Um, it seems like she's kind of been jabbing at you a bit, and, and since you're still on board, she's transitioning into her, her real topic. Mm -hmm. I have been following your, your pedigree, if you will. Um, I'm aware that you haven't been in Gwyn for very long, as I'm aware of all performers and, well, certainly Tapston and most of Gwyn. But I heard that you came from the Roost before this. I did originally come from the Roost. I was there for a, a time, um, about a year and a half or so. I performed and worked with some of the performers and bards there. There wasn't really much of a, a bard college per se at the time there. Oh, I'm not interested in that. You see, there are members from the Roost uh, here in the city today that are presenting something interesting. I, I see. Okay. And I was hoping that you might be able to get close to your former friends and just see See if you can learn everything you can about their little project. I... okay, I see. Do, do you know... you don't know what they are 
What is it that they are presenting or where they are? I know both of those things. I just don't know how they've done it. See, the conclusion to this holiday happens inside the Capitol building and there there is sort of a demonstration of major projects that have been created in the past year. A, uh, a fair sort of to celebrate either magical, creative, um, or craftsman innovations throughout Quinn. And I know the Roost will be presenting something fascinating. It's, well, they've managed to animate, from what I've heard, armor. They've been able to give life, or at least movement, to something inanimate. And that is intriguing to me for a lot of different reasons. Don't want you to steal it. I'm not looking for a thief. I'm looking for just somebody who can get close and see. Just tell me what it is. Tell me how they did it. So you're just looking for information, just yes? Just information. Okay. That seems a fair enough trade for a time, or I guess a spot to perform. When do you need this information by? Well, you lose the chance by the end of the day, so. Oh, I guess it is only today, yes. Well, then I don't say why this would be an issue if you just need information. Um, Fantastic. Well, then you have about an hour and a half to get inside the castle <laughs> and uh, get that information for me. Oh, okay. That sounds wonderful. Where, um, what, actually, what was her last name? Did she say? It was True Winter. Name? It was Vane oh. True Winter. All right, True Winter, duh. Miss True Winter, where would you like me to meet you afterward? Do you want to meet back in this place here or somewhere different? I will retire at the Warden's Rest this evening, so how about there? That sounds lovely. I would love to come and visit your, um, your, um, fuck, what's the word? <laughs> Shit, the word is escaping. Establishment. Establishment, thank Perfect. you. <laughs> I would love to come and visit your establishment um, this this evening anyway, so. Well, thank you so much. I'm so glad that we were able to see eye to eye, and I look forward to our potential partnership. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. It's very will... nice meeting you, Farlina. It was wonderful to meet you as well. And I give another little bow and offer her a, a handshake. She shakes her hand, okay. uh, your hand and then sort of settles back down on her the, the stone bench that she was already sat at and kind of seems to disengage from the conversation. <laughs> okay. Um, She's done. And I'll... Pretty much. <laughs> She's I'll... like, that was good. I did my job. I said what I needed to say. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I'll sort of like... <laughs> a bit overwhelmed, but I'll I'll head back down the stairs to go meet up with uh, Edgar again. Fantastic. Yes. Um, and with that, I think we cut away from you, Forlina. Moving one island over to Tapston's Gilded Ward, home to none other than Vane Truewinter's theater, Warden's Rest. The theater's red fabric-lined walls keep the cacophonous noise from the rest of the city at bay and allow the attendees to focus all their attention on the band and chorus on stage. To celebrate Armistice, and to stay in theme with the theater's name, the musicians on stage perform the story of Waxen's Princess Warden and her sacrifice during the First Waxen-Gauntler War. But several of the theater-goers' attentions are split. In a luxurious box seat set high above the stage, two members of Gwyn's nobility sit, conversing in quiet tones. One of the nobles is a halfling named Westrich Maine, current heir to the Maine noble house of Gwyn, which is one of the six noble families that advise Gwyn's monarch. The second, Evan, <laughs> uh, would you like to introduce us to your character? You're a nobleman? I, I am. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> My name is Valen Marin, and I am 
a noble. I'm a tall, thin, high elf with green eyes and golden blonde hair. Short, but golden nonetheless. <laughs> um, the length and the color do contradict each other. Right. Yeah, exactly. All right. And I'm decked out in awesome noble robes, probably, for the evening. What are your house colors? I don't think we got that far. You get to create them right now. Uh, go, go, go. Lannister red and gold. All right. I love it. Because I have Lannister blonde hair. So. be all over that. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Well, you and you and um, Westrich are childhood friends. You've grown up together. You both are fairly long-lived races, and uh, so you've been around for like what about ninety years. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Westrich has been kind of quietly gossiping at you for the past like probably three or four minutes. Uh, we sort of pick up with him halfway through a story about how the Opreed family has been just hemorrhaging staff lately and how it's such an embarrassment on not only their whole house, but Gwen as a whole. If a noble family, one of the main six noble families, gosh, can't even keep their staff. But he kind of cuts himself off after a moment and, and kind of cuts an embarrassed smile over at you. And he's like, uh, well, of course you, you, uh, you probably don't want me to talk at you about this. I'm sure you've been in contact with all of them. You're aware of all the, you know, the drama going on. Yeah, I've heard the ins and outs of it. Of course you have. Of course you have. I mean, I never want you to feel left out, you know? Like, I, I know I haven't been in contact with you as much lately. I feel like with us not having a king, I don't know, the six families have had to be a lot more in tune with each other lately. We've had to really focus only on ourselves and it's probably not fair to the rest of the noble family. So we're, you know, on behalf of all of them, I do apologize. It's fine. We are, we're, we're managing, you know? Oh, you're managing? Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. <laughs> is your is your family okay? I know your contacts back in Waxen have been kind of, you know, nipping at your heels for a while. I mean, my father's... You know, he's got it under control. Of course. Do you know when he's going to pass the, the buck on to you? Because I got to say, I don't know. It's it's tough when he's you see like the Pontels. I, I know that. But like you see the Pontels and I swear they they pass on who's leading the Pontel house every like 10 years. It's ridiculous. You shouldn't have humans lead normal houses. That's probably racist of me. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's fine. We're all friends here. We are all friends you. here. Should we have another drink? Yeah, actually, and he, he kind of leads back. You've been a little annoyed because uh, Westridge actually did bring a few members of his staff to the theater, which is generally seen as a faux pas um, and not something you did. Uh, but he kind of leans back and, and waves a hand uh, and his, his primary assistant brings over um, a decanter of wine that you uh, two have been sipping at over the course of the evening and refills your glasses. Thank you to old friends. Two old friends. And it has been good to see you. How, how was the trip into the city? You've been here for a few days, right? Yeah, it's been good. It's been nice to get reacquainted with everything. It's been a little while. It's not my favorite city, I gotta say. But it is nice during this holiday. Kind of a facetious holiday. I don't fully... Well, it's not really celebrating a victory, is it? More of a defeat. But that is Gwyn for you. <laughs> True. <laughs> we only celebrate our embarrassments. By the by, mm-hmm. in case you were interested, because this show kind of sucks, I gotta say. I agree. I know. It's terrible, right? It's been rough. This is supposed to be their good theater. 
Yeah. Anyway, if you are interested, there's an interesting show going on later this evening. I'm interested. Well, good. I like, I love your willingness to just jump in feet first on most things. I mean, you know me. And he, you see him kind of like, he's been fiddling with something in one of his long coat pockets. Um, he's got like a, like a probably knee length coat and it's got a huge embroidered pockets on the side. And he's been like just messing with something in one of his pockets and he pulls it out and you're kind of caught off guard by it because what Westrich has been kind of like twirling in one hand is a knife of judgment. It's a, well, it's something that you've not actually seen with your eyes before. Um, it's more of a legend than anything else. In Gwyn, ever since the primary six noble houses took up uh, mentorship and guidance to the monarch of Gwyn, they've had a certain way of not only showing their allegiance, but also showing that when they come together to judge either an innocent or guilty party, their commitment to it. It's a knife that's only sharp on the handle, and it is a way that all of the nobles indicate they are here to commit to judgment. Now, he's not pulling it out, he's just kind of fiddling with it, but the fact that he has it on his person tells you a little bit about whatever the show that he's interested in later on in the evening might be. Hmm. He's clearly showing the knife to you, indicating sort of subtly what he intends, and he's giving you a look, trying to see if you're still interested. Should be interesting. Let's go. All right. I have always liked that about you. I guess we can't exactly walk out during the middle of the show, though, can we? We could. We could. You know, we always could. <laughs> Why not? God damn no it, woman. man. I really do. I have always appreciated this. All right. I heard they're selling those, like, multicolored breads on one of the street. We, let's like, go. put on a cloak. Nobody will notice it's us. I like it. All right. All right. Let's do it. Let's get out of here. Um, all right, so in the middle of sort of the climactic performance of this band and chorus on stage, the two nobles up in there in their box duck out of the Warden's Rest Theater. Sends a message. <laughs> now that band is poor. Yeah. Uh, in order to go engage with more entertaining activities on the street. All right. And with that, we cut away once more to a, a separate island across town where Tamir makes his mm. way down the wide streets of the God's Isle, <clears throat> the location of most of Tapsin's temples and places of worship. Victor, before we dive in, <laughs> uh, would you like to describe Tamir for us? Uh, sure. Um, Tamir is a relatively tall half-elf, younger but with weathered dark tan skin, sort of swept back hair, maybe held up a little bit. Um, he is just laden down with equipment. Big, heavy pack, overflowing, another bag at his shoulder, wrapped in rope. Um, something wrapped up, uh, also strapped to the back. Just things on his belt. He is kitted out and ready to go. <laughs> um, but dressed very practically, traveling clothes, good boots, and striding with purpose somewhere. Absolutely. So, <laughs> Tamir, you have been seeking a secret. A bit of obscure and tantalizing knowledge that you've trailed across the Waxen Gwyn border and all the way to Tapston. You've been following breadcrumbs, and your current lead has driven you to where you stand now, in front of the Grove of the Craftsmen, one of the halls of dedication and worship on this island. As Armistice is a military holiday, not a holy holiday, there are only scattered people around you, but the Grove's massive doors, constructed out of halved trunks of grand trees, sit partially open for visitors. Inside, you find 
an artificial forest. From the domed ceiling pour curtains of fabric that run down until they barely skim the floor, and emblazoned on each of these tapestries are stylized trees, bushes and branches, flowers and mushrooms of every imaginable kind. The tapestries are dense enough that they almost form a maze, and as you walk in, they ripple slightly, the leaves seeming to rustle in the wind that you invited in. In the back, you see the silhouette of a woman who seems to be kneeling down to examine the bottom of one of the tapestries. I will approach okay. and say, hello, my dear. All right. You sort of um, have to brush past some of the tapestries, the fabric clinging to you as you push through. I'll take the shortest path. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and, and she sort of raises her head to look at you. She has a large but kind of floppy hat on um, <laughs> uh, that, that almost uh, brushes her shoulders. And she looks at, up at you with big intrigued eyes and she smiles this huge bright smile. She says, hello, hi there. <laughs> I have a feeling you might be the end of my journey. That is incredibly classy, actually. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's possible. Uh, I, I tend to be the end of a lot of people's journeys. I'm quite sure how to take that. <laughs> um, and, and like her, her smile gets kind of like wry and she, uh, I'll, give, she, I'll give her a piercing stare. Yeah, she, she stands up and kind of like brushes uh, her, her long skirt off. And, and again, like she, she hasn't dropped this incredibly broad smile. And, and she sort of releases the, the tapestry that she appears to have been working on. She has what, a... Which one is she working on? She's working on... So while a lot of the, the tapestries are standalone depictions of either thin aspen trees or plants or things like that, this is part of a, a series of tapestries that all come together to form a large tree that fills the entire dome, uh, dome ceiling. She's working on what looks like part of the, uh, like the trunk. And it looks like there's almost like some damage to the base of it that she's starting to try to, to repair. <laughs> all right i i don't know why i'm here though <laughs> so i don't know how to continue this conversation <laughs> so <laughs> no absolutely so so she's giving you sort of a, a a cheeky look and the reason that you came to this particular mm -hmm. sort of temple of all the places and all of gwen and all the world frankly is because you know what many people don't know and that's that the craftsman tends to be a hall of secrets. This particular temple is dedicated to basically keeping taps on all of the goings on in Gwen. And you heard that there's a very strange occurrence going on in Gwen. There have been a series of abjurists that have been coming to this city for brief stints of time before leaving, some coming all the way from Veltfer. And nobody really knows what they're working on. Now, abjuration is a very strange art, a very specific school of magic. It's one that's not taught in very many places, um, especially on the main continent, mostly because it's so associated with one of the southern continents, a place called Viltfer, uh, where abjuration is a key part of their everyday life. Now, for those unfamiliar with the schools of magic, abjuration is the um, study and creation of protection or shield magic. And because this form of magic is so poorly studied outside of Veltfer, it's been something that you've been intrigued by. Except all of the abjurists are coming here, and you don't mm. know why. Actually, what I'd like to do first... Mm -hmm. Go for it. 
is I would like to channel divinity to read her surface thoughts. Okay. Does she, is there a... There is a wisdom saving yeah, yeah, throw. Yeah, that's what I was looking for. That's going to happen quite a lot. <laughs> yeah. <Ooh>. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this is the D and D one. Is the little and ampersand a twenty or a one? It's, it's probably 20. a twenty. <laughs> she got a twenty. <laughs> All right. First DM roll is a nat twenty. Not, not her first wisdom no. saving throw, perhaps. Um, and she just kind of like, she doesn't even like her hair doesn't uh, even drop. She's just like. Mm -hmm. I smirk and I shrug my shoulders. <laughs> you just asked me a question. I'd, <clears throat> I'd be happy to answer sorry, it for you. Sorry, sorry. Force of habit. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm uh, sure. Like I said, you're not the first person of your sort to come through here. How many have there been? Well, that's not mine to tell, is it? Well, you said to ask. You make a very good point. I should reconsider the way I present myself. So you said you had questions. Yes, I, I suppose the polite way to start is to ask your name. That would be polite, but I understand that I'm sort of only one step in the road for you, and that's okay. But my name is Dane. It's very nice to meet you. What's your name? My name is Tamir. It's nice, nice to meet, meet you, you as Tamir. Well. And what I'm really looking for is the story. Beyond the question of what is so dangerous here that requires so many safety experts? Oh, that's a good question. And it's broad enough that you can try to get as much information out of me as possible. Are you a follower of the craftsman? This isn't a judgment. I'm just curious if you know much about how this place works. I know of the craftsman. I, I am not a worshipper, you might say. That's fine. There aren't many worshippers of the craftsman left. And frankly, I'm not really a worshipper. I mean, there's not like, you know, there's not clerics or anything like that. Not <laughs> of here anymore, not. no. But, um, but I am, I have dedicated my life to it. And because of that, I followed in the craftsman's teachings. The, the craftsman, well, obviously. He was a craftsman. He <laughs> built things. He grew things, not only creating from what existed, but also creating from nothing. That's what made the craftsman such a remarkable god. But over time, the things you make begin to crack. They begin to crumble. And part of following the craftsman is acknowledging that, well, his, his work is fading over time. I think, well, how long have you been in Tapston? Oh, barely the day. Oh, wow. Okay. I get to share current events with you. That's always fun. Well, there was, well, what a lot of people are calling an earthquake here about a week and a half oh, back. My. You can see some of the remnants of it in places. Some of our walls and our bridges are looking a little worse for wear. It was kind of startling because we don't have very many earthquakes in this area. And we still haven't because that definitely was not an earthquake. Hmm. It was something else. It was taken, from what I've heard, as a, as a threat on the, the city's ruler's life, which is a bad sign, you know? Of course. So, if you're looking for who's protecting something, I would say, first of all, the obvious place to look would be the castle, especially because there's, a, there's actually a full-time address on staff there, a specialist from Veiltfer named Forsythane, who advises the, the regent in many things. From Veiltfer? From Veltford, yes. Um, mm -hmm. a, a, well, this is what, only what I've heard. I've not, I've not been to Veltford to confirm, but I've heard she worked on some of the, the city barriers in Veltford, which, well, there's not very many people that can say that. It's very impressive. Do you, think, do you think something like that might be necessary here? Well, I was about to say, I haven't quite answered your question, have I? No. 
I can say... So we all have our own ways of getting through the story. No, it's very true. And I, I can say one suggests the other. The presence of a full-time abjurist, a specialist in the city at all times suggests that there's something there to protect. An attack there suggests that there's something there to either take or to use. Do you know where I could find this Force of Fame? She works primarily in the castle itself. I don't know if she's doing anything for the, the holiday. I don't really keep tabs <laughs> on Force of Fame, but I know you could probably find her there. And you could also find her work there. I believe she lives in the, in the castle itself. Hmm. For my own curiosity, mm -hmm. what's happened here? I'll point to the tapestry. A sad look sort of passes over her face um, and she kneels down to, to look at the bottom. And despite her repair, it, it seems like it, it hasn't stuck. Like you can very much see where her thread has changed the tapestry. And she kind of like frowns at it and says, um, well, like I said, things fade over time. And the craftsmen, not our craftsmen, but the, you know, general artisans that-, that Lowercase c. Exactly, thank you. Yeah. They, um, well, the skill doesn't exist anymore, or at least I don't have it. I can sew and I can fix, but I can't, I can't remake what's already been made. How old are these? Well, these are about, probably about 200 years old, but they're not the originals. These mm -hmm. have been replaced several times. I'd love to have seen the originals. She just kind of looks up towards the, the dome and you can see again that sort of rustling amongst the tapestries as the leaves seem to sway slightly. Have I ever seen a thing like that? Um, a roll of religion check. Um, five. Unfortunately, you haven't. Trick of the light. Yeah, and you're, you're not Flickering sure whether, whether it's actually... <laughs> magical or not like it, you okay. probably had that thought and it's unclear it just it's a feeling that you get when you look up that there's movement to these works okay well i won't impose upon you any longer oh i appreciate the company but that's all right i'm sure you have somewhere you need to be getting if um if i think of more i need of you i'll be sure to call again well i'm always here that's sort of sad <laughs> it's where i need to be but thank you so much for stopping by i'm hope I gave you some direction in whatever you're working on. There's another stepping stone on this journey, it seems. <laughs> well, please stop by if you ever need me again. And she, she turns back to the, the tapestry, and she doesn't, like, kneel down to start fixing it again, but she just kind of smooths her hands along it. Frowns at it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't take mending. <laughs> <laughs> or I would have tried it in vain. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What time of day is it? Post-dusk. Okay. Um, it's dark, but it's not like late in the evening. It's just that it's winter and sure. it, gets, it gets dark pretty easy. Early God words. <laughs> I can say them when I'm not me. <laughs> oh it's no. Per it's performance then yeah. and it's talking now. Exactly. A different thing. Yeah. You know what? I'll head towards the castle. Okay. Is there anything you'd like to do on your way to the castle? Am I in an area? I guess I'm in the sort of religious quarter. Mm-hmm. Could I take the roundabout way through more, more a more industrial quarter? <laughs> sure. A when craft, you say... crafting quarter. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, um... See what I see. Uh, so Tapston is constructed basically over top a series of islands and also along the banks uh, alongside a, a large lake. 
basically there's tons of interconnecting bridges. It's not just like a line out and a, and you just cross one in mm -hmm. order. You can kind of move between uh, a lot of the, the different islands. Uh, so yeah, you can move um, from the God's Isle over towards more of a like a residential plus um, like craftsman's area. If you wanted to get into like leather work or something like that, that would probably be on the banks because you can't really have that next to living spaces usually kind of smells it's nasty yeah it's kind of nasty <laughs> but if you're looking for like goods and wares and things like yeah. that and also the I mean, streets are full of like vendors but uh yeah kind of separate not non non-celebratory vendors okay <laughs> more permanent fixtures <laughs> all right sure what are you looking for what's around what they sort of do here what sort of yeah. goods are on display hmm no, it's a good question. It's tricky because, again, a lot of places that would normally be open are temporarily sure. changed for the celebration. So, like, clearly there's an area that sells these brightly colored woven bags, but also this particular holiday celebrates bright colors, so they've, mm -hmm. they've sort of gone in that direction. There's beautiful, sturdy woven baskets and, like, toys constructed out of, like, reeds and fibers and things like that. There's a few artificers in the, in the area, they do like smaller craftswork. This could be like clockwork, clockwork stuff. things. Yeah, like not just toys, but also like automated locks or things like mm -hmm. that. There's also like the flying birds that you see overhead that are clearly some part clockwork material, but also seem to be enchanted with magic Actually, as well. can I find just a clock? Um, <laughs> like a sure. pocket watch? Oh, like a pocket watch. <laughs> Sure. Um, I'm going to say yes, especially because you're you're actively looking in that area. Um, so let's go ahead and roll an investigation because you're trying to see if there's somebody selling that right now. Alrighty. And it's kind of like a high prestige item. Is it cocked? Is that right? It's not flat, but it's not, you not flat. You can... <laughs> I'm going to let you re-roll. <laughs> 14. You can find a um, a stall set up in front of a, a storehouse that appears to have in the back, both wall-mounted, these kind of elaborate, clunky, but useful clocks. And they have a, a series of small um, enchanted pocket watches. They're not pure um, clockwork. Oh. <laughs> Magic. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Well, all right. I don't want one. That's fair. <laughs> This is, exists in a world where magic exists, yeah. and therefore it is there to aid the... <laughs> but the, then the then the engineering should be more novel. <laughs> yeah. Never mind. I don't want it. I don't want it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I will angrily move on. <laughs> I feel like you have a theme in our D&D &D games. It just of won't to come up. Because it's, it's the same world. <laughs> I, never mind. <laughs> you always we'll look for a clock. We'll get it in, we'll get it in there later. <laughs> It will, it, will come, there. it will come to fruition. <laughs> all right, all right. But, all but right. Today is not that day. All right. So you give up on your clock hunt. Is there anything else you want to do before you get to the palace? I'd like, I'd like a hand pie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> In the local style. All right. I'm not going to make you roll investigation because there's Because they're everywhere. Fucking everywhere. It's a there's like, again, there's brightly colored breads in like different stripes that look like they were dyed right before they baked. Uh, there's like cheese stuffed wraps, there's spun good. sugar, and there are indeed little hand pies. They come in like a like a variety of assortment. Some have uh, meat in them and some have sugared fruit. It's after dusk. Let's have a fruit pie. All right. <laughs> um, you are able to really easily find one um, for about like seven silver. Sorry, expensive. <laughs> it's a holiday. They always do that shit. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, what kind of fruit is it? Yeah, we're getting into it. Mixed berry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you. It's a magic infused fruit that tastes like all the berries at once. It's incredible. Snozberries. <laughs> I'll, I'll munch it on my way to the castle. Okay. You make your way to the castle. So at this point, we have three separate uh, separate people all aiming to make their way to the castle. So I now want, now I know we've all had like our own little vignettes, but I do want to kind of open this up um, to where I'm not only talking at one of you mm-hmm. um, at a time. So we, I want to sort of check in with each of you. Farlina, we left you on top of the walled garden mm-hmm. uh, right outside the plaza near the castle. So what are sort of your first steps after speaking with Vane? I imagine her first steps would have been to move around and get scope things out and see if people are moving in any place in and out of the castle. Like, mm-hmm. is it sort of like open house style? Like, since it's a festival, like, are you able to go in and view the castle anywhere? Mm-hmm. Like, is, is that... Uh, so I'm looking for basically the easiest points of entry right now to see if they even exist. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, go ahead and make a perception check. Seven. Okay. Um, <laughs> so there, I Good. mean, there's certain things that, that you, you can see regardless, which are that, you know, there's a, a long series of steps that lead up to the, the sort of the front of the castle. And quite a bit of the Royal Guard is along the steps, but you do see some people going in and out. Um, you see a, a group that are like chattering together, all sort of climbing the stairs and the, the guards acknowledge them. They pause for a moment, but then they keep going. You also see that there do appear to be people leaving the castle as well. And they too don't seem to be getting too crazy looks, but you're doubtful you can just walk in. Okay. Would I still have deep in my bags, would I still have my roost papers at all? Yeah, I think you okay. probably would. So I believe that you you kind of just left. I without, just left. Yeah, so I, I think <laughs> yeah. you probably uh, um, would still have uh, your papers. I'll seek your okay. fortune. Um, so I'll sort of tidy myself up a little bit and kind of like dig through my bag and sort of have my roost papers sort of at the ready. And I'll like watch for like a group coming by and sort of like pick up behind them and like start moving with them like into the castle, sort of make it look like I have my own business here. Mm-hmm. And I, like, I, I obviously I know what I'm doing. So I'm just gonna like head right in. Yeah. Um, all right, well, we'll play it out like this. You trailing this group begin climbing uh, the stairs and you make it about halfway up before one of the guards does sort of like acknowledge the person at the front of the group. Mm. Uh, so you can either choose to continue to, to remain as part of this group or continue as in on your own. I'll continue as my own. Okay. I, like I'll look like I'm just, I'm not actually really with them, but I'm like moving like mm-hmm. behind them with them. So, okay. uh, and I'll like, after they've been acknowledged, I'll look to the guard and like acknowledge them as well. And I'll have like my papers at the ready too if I need to show those. Okay. So so after like some light laughter from the the group ahead of you as they converse with the guard, uh, they continue moving and you sort of duck in a few steps behind them, mm-hmm. waving at the guard. Um, make a I'm gonna say this is just persuasion. I'm gonna say make a persuasion check even without talking. This mm-hmm. is about kind of like like force of presence yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, twelve. Okay. As you sort of like wave at the guard, um, the guard does hold up a, a, a hand to, to stop you and sort of calls you over. Oh, good evening. How are you doing? 
Evening. Inside is the fair exhibition, so are you either a exhibitor or an attendee? Uh, I am an attendee this evening. I am from the Roost. Um, here are my papers here. I am also a performer that was here performing earlier in the evening, so I'm here to um, see the exhibition. Okay, he kind of like gives the papers a, a quick glance over, he looks a little bored and looks up to you. What's your affiliation with the Roost? Affiliation? A student, originally? Okay, so are you here with the Roost exhibitors, or are you here... Oh, I am just, I'm here to uh, observe. I was, it was recommended that I come in and, and see the booths here. I have a couple of colleagues that are here currently setting up, and I'm just here to provide some support and to um, view their, uh, their booths. Who gave you the invite? Um, uh, I, I suppose... Oh, I can't remember who it was either exactly. Valindra, possibly? I don't know if Valindra is here today. And his eyes kind of like, he perks up at that and he's like, okay, let her know that you're here so that you can be part of her viewer group. Absolutely. All Thank right. you very much. Of course. Welcome. Have a wonderful evening. And you make your way up the steps. <laughs> All right. Nice. All right. Checking in with, let's jump back over to Tamir. Okay. So after you grabbed your pie and you're eating that, what are your next steps? Well, I make I head towards the center center island. You arrive at the center island, climb the stairs up from the bridge um, into the the plaza. So yeah, what is what is the setup here? There's a bunch going on outside, just outside. Yeah, the, there, it's just outside. It's separated a little bit from the the castle itself by again like a staircase, and then at the top of the staircase, there's sort of like a flat lead in into the the actual entrance of the cla uh, castle. The plaza is surrounded by a series of walled gardens. There's also a like a large tower that it's just like a, like a building. <laughs> and then there is a feature of Tapston that's visible from all angles and it is from anywhere in the city and it is built on the central island. And that's a massive skyscraping watchtower that rises far, far above the castle and it's positioned on the central island, but it's not accessible from this plaza. Mm. What, what else is going on around here right now? Right now, there is a performance going on on stage. Um, it appears to be somebody that is enacting a part of a play, but to music. There's a band that's accompanying them that's sort of enhancing their words and their um, their story. It seems to be a story that, again, the audience is kind of familiar with as people are already hooked and are talking along with it. There's also a series of carts and food stands. These craftsmen are selling like beautiful gauntler silverware or like just beautifully intricate works uh, on the central island. The food is more show than it is food here. <laughs> Even more expensive. No, I'll, uh, I'll leave that alone. <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'll try to find my way into the castle or at least to someone who looks important okay. towards the castle. <laughs> what are you doing? Talk, talk me through this. <laughs> I. I mean, I can are go. Are you watching I, to try to see anybody that's important entering the castle, or are no? You I mean, to... someone to talk to at the castle. Oh, okay. That can be the guards at the front. Sure. Uh, so, so there's there's a series of um, palace guards that are along the staircase, and there's two at the bottom that aren't stopping people, but that are just giving everybody that enters a, a wary eye. Mm -hmm. um, so that would be probably the first point of conversation. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go up to one of the ones at the bottom. Okay. Uh, good evening, sir. Uh, good evening. I was just making my way here far from the west to talk to Force of Fame. We don't have an appointment, but I have an, I'm an emissary here to deal with some problems. An emissary from whom? From, from the Shifting Sands. Okay, well, I do not think, especially on a day like this, that you can meet up with Force of Fame without a 
an audience or an appointment. I'm, I'm simply looking to pass on the message that I am here. Can I uh, take out a little note? Sure. Write a note, my name, okay. <laughs> to her and pass it to the guy. Okay. He, he acknowledges it, says, I will pass it along. Thank you very and much. And folds it up and pockets it. He's not moving, though. So if he was going to pass this note along, it probably wouldn't be until his shift changes. Mm-hmm. And I will say, I realize you need to keep your post, but I do need that delivered. Not necessarily right now. And I'll give him five gold. Just to make sure that it gets there. Yeah, he nods and acknowledges it. And he definitely, like, he took the note and, and pocketed it. But there's, like, a lot of... I'm just giving you some context. There's a lot of people on the central island. And there have also been a lot of people going in and out of the castle. So unless you want to make yourself more... Like, make this seem more urgent. Or, or make yourself your presence more solidly known. This probably is not going to be a priority for this person right now. Um... I don't want to make myself more solidly known. Okay, that's true. <laughs> but, but in that case, you might want to pursue other avenues. Yeah, all right. Because I like... Is this... Is this in the center of the center, center aisle? Not the dead center. Like, the, the plaza is basically the center of the central aisle, but the castle is off to, to mm-hmm. one side of the island. All right. I'll leave that for right now. Let's jump over to Valen. So you and Westrich left the, uh, the, the Warden's Rest... And obviously your, your end goal was to go see whatever it is Westrich wanted you to, to witness. But it did sound like you guys were going to goof off on the way over there. So is there anything that you wanted to get up to? I want one of those rainbow breads. For okay. sure. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Gotta get one of those. They've been mentioned at least twice. Yeah, so <laughs> definitely need one. Yeah, you are able to uh, quickly find this special holiday treat. It's something that basically Gwen gets very excited about for this particular holiday. It's like it's, kind of, huh? it's like Mardi Gras bread, like King's bread. Um, I was thinking more like like so you know when you make croissants and you you stripe different flavors on it. So when you roll it up, mm-hmm. it it has different like colors that all puff out when it bakes mm-hmm. like that. Okay. Um, the color was made out of different fruit syrups, so it's it's very flavorful. Cool. It's tasty. Sounds good. Yeah, you get one of those. Um, that would be since that's everywhere and they can't compete. I'm gonna say that's probably like three silver. Okay. Yeah. So you're snacking on one of those. Mm. Is there anything you want to talk with Westrich about uh, before you make your way over? Yeah, I guess I should. So Westrich. Yes. This evening's event. Yeah. What should I expect? Well, you should expect a lot of pompacity, a lot of boasting, uh, and then after that, look, there's been some. Some unfortunate events lately, and it's our job, in the absence of a, a proper ruler, it is our job to see that justice is done. And I want to impart on you that justice is being done. Very well. And he kind of smiles a little bit. Cool. You can see sort of behind you. <laughs> oh, that was not, that was not, that was not. Really cool. <laughs> that wasn't. <laughs> I love vigilantism. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love vigilantism. <laughs> that sort of thing um, really is my jam. Yeah. Uh, and he, he just kind of smiles and shrugs. So, yeah. Do you want to head on over? I think we can still catch the, the end of, you know, there's that, that expo thing. Hmm. A bunch of people showing off furniture and shit. Yeah. And he kind of, like, nods at... You can see behind you that his, his posse is kind of trailing in the distance. And you make your way slowly meandering through the crowds and you pass across the bridges to the central island, climb the stairs, pass through the plaza, and while chatting absently, walk right up the stairs into the palace and you're 
not stopped by anyone. Uh, nobody <laughs> even acknowledges you. Uh, and you make your way into the, the gates of the castle. Cool. Was I there? Um, yeah, you probably were, as you saw these two richly dressed people begin to climb sure, their way up the stairs. Yeah. Okay. Or, or cross the plaza, like... Yeah. And I think I'm already in, right? You are. Yeah. So, some of the the walls of this plaza are crumbly? Yeah, it's the, the walls of the gardens, but yes, it's the walls of the plaza. Can I head into, towards those same gardens we talked about earlier? Absolutely, so Seemed right little... to the, the, the right of the stairs yeah. um, is one of the big gardens. And it's pretty deserted? Yeah, there's people up on the the walls, but yeah, the the gardens themselves aren't lit at this time of night. So, like, there's probably a few people around, but it's pretty deserted. And so, up above is a layer of the castle with people. Is that what you mean by up on the walls? The walls circle the gardens, and it's... Okay, so so the plaza is a circle, Mm -hmm. and then in a ring around the plaza are the gardens... And then past that are the stairs that descend down into the bridges on the edge of the the island. On one side is the castle. So the walls, like, lead... They lead... Around and into the castle. Yeah, into the castle. But they, like, they're not part of, like, the exterior walls of the castle. The Uh castle is up. Oh, I see. But they do lead into it. They lead to the, basically, what would be the ground floor of the castle. Which is above the the plaza. Okay. Yes. So, yeah, you could walk along the walls over to the castle... Although you do see that there are palace guards along the, the walls as well. Sure. <sighs> no connections. <laughs> um, it's a risky thing to do. <laughs> how, how high up is this wall? This garden wall? I'd say about 30 feet. 30 feet. Oh, that's really tall. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, it's 25 to 30 feet. It, it's okay. it's no shorter than that, but that I think, is, I'm going to go with 25 feet. That is substantial. Yeah. Dang. Is there a crumbled section? <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, so when I say it's crumbled, I'm not saying the whole wall has collapsed. I'm saying, like, bits of the top of the wall and some of the stonework has fallen the out. Edges. Yeah, it's showing, it's more like it's showing where, not that there are large areas of structural weakness. Now, you might be able to do something interesting with it, but, like, there there aren't big holes in the wall. Well, like, I, if there had been, they probably were patched before the holiday. And it, it. Like, anticipating that people would be on this island. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> uh, let's go up. We're going up. All right. We're going up. Uh, you done? Is there a dark, dark corner? <laughs> on top of the wall or in the gardens? In the gardens, furthest from the palace. Yeah, so um, do you want to enter the garden that was right to the right of the castle or the one farthest away? No, the garden near the castle, but the furthest from the castle. Okay, yes. <laughs> that farther I wall. gotcha. Okay. So yes, you enter into the garden and weave your way through uh, along like the footpaths through the gardens in the dark. And yep, you find a dark corner. We're grappling up, Gina. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm going to toss a grappling hook. <laughs> I reach into my bag of holding. Okay, I love this. I love this. And pull out a grappling hook. All right. <laughs> Let's All right. go to town. So are you trying to get on the opposite oh side God. of the walled gardens away from like the walkway? Where are you going? I'm going up on top of the wall, do you know? Well, I know, but there's like a walkway up on the wall. That's where the palace guards are. I thought they were at the palace. No, like this is where this is where Farlina was earlier. She was up on top of one of the walls oh. when she was talking with Vane. 
So like there's a big I did long not walkway. Know that. Yeah. <laughs> so you can go on the opposite wall. Right. But like, or you can try to literally grapple up onto the palace. Well, like, which I'm, not, I'm not saying you can't do. I'm just saying like, like as we established earlier, the the walls of the garden are a, a walkway that people are walking and sitting on as they view what's going on in the plaza. Got it. And there are palace guards up on the walkway. There aren't many, but they're aware that there are people walking on this walkway. And therefore, they're they're guarding it because that's what guards. Do. <laughs> yeah, I know it's what guards do. <laughs> they're doing too good of a job. I wish they were lazier. Um, I'm gonna say roll an investigation check. Fourteen. Mm. <laughs> Shoot. <laughs> we can say it was fifteen. <laughs> we'll cut it out. Um. As you are readying your grappling hook, about to throw it up to somewhere, uh, you do notice that, so you're in the garden, Mm -hmm. on the side of the garden that faces the palace, if it's like a, like a, like a A wedge, a wedge, on the side of the wedge that faces the palace, there does appear to be a doorway down here. It's a stone doorway. It's not being guarded, but that probably means it's locked. All right. Uh, I, I'll go over there. Okay. <laughs> um, it's a doorway and has a door in it. Yes. <laughs> Is it locked? Yes. That's fine. Okay. I will reach into my bag of tricks yet again, pull out a set of these tools okay. that I don't currently know how to use. Yeah, no. So I will sit down. <laughs> I will channel divinity to learn how to use these tools <laughs> for 10 minutes. Can you just become proficient with thieves' tools for? Yes. Okay. For for how long is this like a a temporary buff? Or... It's a temporary effect. Yeah. So that's uh, that's what I'm looking for. All right. Ten minutes. Ten minutes. Okay. So you get ten minutes of proficiency with thieves' tools. Yes. So that's you, so cool. I'm gonna say, roll a stealth check because you are now sitting in the corner of a garden with thieves' tools about to break into a door yep. into the palace. Yep. Eleven. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> That's not high enough. Cool. I'm so sorry. Well, guess um, what? The jail is also inside the palace. <laughs> um, you hear movement from up on the, the raised walkway um, that circles the, the gardens. And you see a guard that's sort of like paroling that area glance down into the gardens because you've been making a little bit of noise ruffle, rustling through your bag looking for things. And they're looking at you. They're extremely <laughs> aware that you're there. They're not in the I'm going to arrest you phase yet because you haven't done anything, <laughs> but they are looking down at somebody skulking in the dark in the corner near the door. And they're uh-huh. just, they have their eyes straight on you. And they're not moving. Have I noticed that? <laughs> All perception check. I said you did, but... Passive you... is 17. Okay, then yeah. You, All right. you noticed All right. that. And I got tired anyway. Yeah. Yeah, you noticed. They, okay. they're, they were not being stealthy. Sure. They just were like, okay, I see you. Are there benches here in this garden? There are, again, it's not lit, but there are benches throughout the garden. There's, like, also little clearing areas that have benches circled around that you could go sit at. All right. I'll admit defeat here. Okay. <laughs> go back out to the plaza. Okay. You do so. You The, the guard sort of trails you as you leave, but... Just rearranging my pack, yeah. that's all. But then kind of, like, <laughs> lets you go since you're no longer creeping around in their view. Um, out in the plaza... Is there anyone selling tickets to the exhibition? Make an investigation check. More than before. I can't even see it. It's a one. Whoa. It's a one, Gina. Oh, no. <laughs> Plus so, one. Plus six. 
I'm going to say you spent, oh, fuck, <laughs> one is really hard, but no, nobody's selling tickets. There's somebody, you see somebody walking away. Is there anyone scalping tickets? I was going to say, you see a scalper walking away delighted with a sack full of money because they just sold the Oh, come on. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Like, I'm so glad that so many people wanted to see the exhibition today. <laughs> uh, around this time, as you're standing balefully like... right in front of the staircase leading up to the, the castle, you see um, a group of, of three people that are um, making their way also towards the castle stairs. They're all pretty finely dressed. One is wearing like almost princely um, attire and she's rushing the other two along looking very harried and very frustrated uh, because they look they they have that look of like oh my god we are so late oh my god <laughs> one of them is wearing uh long beautiful robes uh and has a series of instrument cases that they're like carting along behind them and the other is a large uh redskin tiefling who's just kind of like laughing at the other two and stops with the other two right at the staircase near you and sort of pats the the princely attired woman on the back and says well I wish you both luck, but uh, I refuse to go in there under any circumstances. Please put on a great performance for us though. We do need the attention. And uh, the princely woman kind of like smiles and pushes the, the, the other woman along, desperately trying to, to get her towards the stairs. She laughs back at the tiefling and says, we'll do our best, I promise. Oh my god, please go get very drunk for all of us. And he kind of laughs, uh, nods, and begins walking away. Um, you see the, the, the two women begin to make their way up the stairs. Is there is there anyone down here in the plaza selling cloaks? Yes, there is a, like, one of the, the, um, the guild craftsmen um, is selling <laughs> beautifully embroidered cloaks over near the, the sounds so expensive they are this is, <laughs> this is the guild craftsman that's all do of this any island. of them have racing stripes on them <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right i'll go up to the cloak vendor okay um darkest cloak uh oh well welcome uh yes uh you're looking for a like a knee length floor length what type of cloak little like like mini cloak Flo- floor length please okay an all black floor length cloak Dark blue. I'm partial. Okay. Uh, any any sort of custom embroidery? That's kind of what we're known for. Not today. Oh, well, all right. Well, I have a, a few available here. Uh, and he, he has what look like probably like demo pieces. Like they're definitely not the ones they're showing off on, on the like the models out front or even the ones they have laid out on their, their little like, table. They're like pre... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're they're like, blanks. <laughs> frankly, they're, they're probably in preparation for embroidery, but yeah. he pulls one down and it's a long uh, floor length blue cloak. It's attractive. <laughs> Uh, how much for this one, sir? Uh, this would be, with no custom work on it, this would probably be around, uh, 20 gold. Oh, God. <laughs> and he looks a little offended by that. <laughs> <laughs> that's Victor. <laughs> no, thank you. Oh, well, that's all right. I would say come back any time, but we're here all the way from Artigan, so, uh, I'm afraid this is the only chance you're gonna get to see this. Oh, it's the same guy. <laughs> wow. Okay, yeah, I'll go up to the opposite guard, <laughs> so the one I gave a note to. All right. But on, on that on that ground floor, is he like eyeing me? There's a lot of people around, and you've not been doing anything super suspicious other than just crossing back and forth. Can I look angry and just walk up the stairs? 
Sure. Yeah, you can. Uh, so you, you stomp away from the, the cloakbender um, in a huff and begin climbing the stairs. Like I said, the, the two guards at the bottom aren't stopping people. It's the people halfway up. Um, so you get about halfway up. Uh, one of the guards on either side of the large staircase does wave at you and asks you to come over. Sure. I'll go over. Okay. Let's do it. Hello, are you an attendee or an exhibitioner at the exposition tonight? Uh, an attendee, but it seems I've been pickpocketed. I've been pickpocketed. That's very unfortunate. I, there are a lot of people out tonight. Who were you invited to attend by? Oh, I just had a ticket. Oh, so general admission. General Absolutely. Admission. So you're saying your ticket's been My stolen. My ticket's been stolen. That's very unfortunate. I know. I know. We're coming to the end here. I think I could see my way in. Make a persuasion. Or just make persuasion. They're the same for me. Oh, no, they're not. 23. All right. <laughs> God. <laughs> um, I think you got supremely lucky. And the reason you got supremely lucky is because that person who had been hawking tickets that had passed by you had been somebody that the guards had had their eyes on all night long. In fact, that person had been stealing tickets and Yay. reselling them throughout the evening. <laughs> Um, the guard gives you a really sympathetic look, nods, and says, like, you're not the first person this has happened to. We definitely need to up security in the future. I'm so sorry that you had to deal with this. It is late. You've missed most of it. But if you want to catch the very end, you can go on up. I really appreciate your understanding. Of course. Welcome. Oh, I hate lying. <laughs> you say I hate lying. No, I don't. <laughs> I'll do it when I'm past him. <laughs> All right. Um, and you climb the stairs. Um... Farlina, uh, you, uh, you managed to make your way into the large entrance hall to this castle. It's actually an interesting building in that it's been a castle for a very long time, but it's only been the capital of Gwen for uh, like less than a century. And it's only been owned by the current regent for even less time than that. So it's a, it's a building that's gone through a lot of transitions over a long period of time. Uh, because of that, it's not necessarily built for, uh, I guess for entertaining is the best way to put it. Mm -hmm. um, but it seems like they've set up the expo inside uh, the large ballroom that uh, takes up sort of the, the second large room within this castle. The entrance hall, while grand, is cramped. Mm -hmm. And it seems like the people that are running this event are rushing people through the entrance hall as quickly as possible, trying to steer them away from the stairs that climb into the upper areas of the uh, castle and some of the doorways that lead deeper back into the, the bowels of the estate. Mm -hmm. You follow after the, the group you'd sort of been tailing um, and you enter this big ballroom. The ballroom has had seating erected uh, along the walls of the space and you're very quiet as you sneak in because the expo is well underway. You can see a series of um, the previous presenters' works all sort of lined up across the, the room. It looks like people come in, they present, and they leave their work out for those who come later to marvel at while whoever is currently talking uh, says their piece. So you see um, a massive, incredibly painted um, vase in the, the middle of the room that's like probably the height of a person and a half. It is a oh. huge piece and every centimeter of it is covered with incredibly detailed drawings. Uh, next to that you see a beautiful um, desk that appears to all be made out of one single piece of wood. It's exquisite and and like it would probably be the talking point of whichever house it made its way to. And you can see sort of scrawled on the side the, the mark 
of the Artigan craftsmen. But you sort of sneak your way along the walls and over to one of the the raised seating areas as you listen to the, the current presenters. You see the current presenter who is in the process of presenting something kind of small, especially compared to some of the other works throughout the room. It's a large man who's doing the talking, but it's weird. You, you sort of catch him from, from angles. Um, you see him from the, the side and then you try to make your way through the crowd towards uh, the front of the, the hall so you can see his face. But even as you get there, it's strangely difficult to make out his features um, as he's uh, talking about his work. Uh, and you see him holding a small vial of, of some sort of red substance. And he is sort of at the, the tail end of discussing the properties of his new healing draft. A potion that is more potent and more effective than any healing potion that's come before it. And he's sort of in the, the final phases of answering questions about the potion. Uh, it seems like there's people around the hall that are questioning the ingredients, which he's not letting anyone know, that are asking how it is that he's managed to refine this process. And he's, again, being kind of coy. But you can see uh, on the side that it seems like somebody had demonstrated the effectiveness of the healing potion by slicing their own hand and having the potion heal it. And that person does not have a mark on their skin, although there is blood on the floor, which is a little garish and unpleasant given the, the, the setting. But this potion seller bows at the end of his sort of talk and is seated to the applause of the people in the room. I'll clap as well. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, around this time, Valen, you you were after um, Farlina, so you and Westrich sort of are making your way in. You actually don't go into the, the ballroom straight away. You begin making your way over to the stairs that climb um, to the upper stories of the castle. And once again, the guards don't stop you, although they give you a wary look, especially you. Although Westrich seems to just be charging ahead with very little care. You climb up to the, the second story of the castle and make your way to what appears to be an upper balcony level that overlooks the ballroom. There's others gathered up here. Um, some people you know, some people that are strangers to you, mostly all landed nobility um, who are passively watching the goings on in the ballroom with disinterest, almost impatient disinterest, like they're waiting for something. Mm. And like Westridge basically goes over to one of the railings, leans against it and appears to just be waiting there. What do you do? I'd like to look around and see if I recognize anyone of interest. Okay. Go ahead and roll an investigation check. Well, this is kind of just general. You're just trying to generally understand who's in the area. You're not looking for anything specific. Yeah. Okay, then perception. Okay. 19. Okay. Yeah, so there's a couple interesting people here, to, to say the very least. This is one of Gwen's largest holidays, as previously stated. And um, representatives of all six of the, the major noble houses do appear to be here. Now, not necessarily the, the current leaders of those houses, uh, but you do see one of the younger, um, like, Opry daughters who's over in the, the corner. Uh, you see Earl Bismuth himself there. Um, he has not sent any sort of delegation, so he's present. And yeah, you, you see a couple interesting faces throughout the, the hall. There's also a few people of lesser nobility, but they're all they're all Gwenian nobles. Yeah. I'll head back over to my friend and keep him company. Okay. Yeah. Until the, the show starts, I guess. Sounds good. Yeah. Is his posse still with us? 
they're, they've not been invited up here. Oh, okay. Um, you did see them climb the stairs to the, the castle with you, but they're, they're not up on the, the upper landing. A group stands up and walks towards the center of the grand ballroom. And for Lena, it's a group that you recognize. It's also a group we've already discussed. Uh, it is the woman in princely clothes um, that climbed the stairs earlier um, as Tamir was trying to enter into the castle, uh, accompanied by the woman in long robes with the instruments on her back. You recognize them, Farlina, because they belong to a place called the Roost, a mage's colony up in Northern Gwyn that has been attracting powerful wizards and sorcerers and bards and basically anybody familiar with any form of magic all to one place as an effort to advance magic as a field. And the woman in princely clothes is recognizable to you because she is the mistress of the roost, accompanied by a woman that you partnered with briefly, a person named Valindra. Now, yeah. <laughs> um, Valindra was one of the few bards at the roost. And while you see the mistress named Kel sort of walk towards the center of the room like she's going to present, she hesitates on the edge and lets Valindra take center stage. Kel is there in support, but it seems like she's not the one that's going to be demonstrating what it is that the roost has to offer. So Valindra takes center stage, her long cloak wrapped around her shoulders, um, creating sort of like a, a single column from her shoulders to the floor uh, as she looks up at everyone in the room and says, the roost I know has been a place full of questions for a lot of Gwen. It's a place that houses research. It's a place that seeks to advance magic, but I know there's not much transparency about what it is that we work on. Well, today I'm here to show you part of a ongoing project that the Roost has undertaken, something that crosses between fields that people of druidic um, magic, as well as those who study and also those that perform like myself, have sought to advance. You see, Gwyn is a war-torn place. It is. We've fought again and again over the entire history of our country, and that has left scars. It's cost us people. It's cost soldiers from every single generation in the existence of Gwyn. And well, some of us still bear those scars. And she pulls back um, her cloak to reveal something that you knew about her, uh, Farlina, that she is an amputee. She is missing her right arm. Now this is tricky because originally she was a bard um, whose specialization was in playing the lute. Um, and she's been working for years to sort of recapture her abilities through her voice, through other forms of performance. But she looks out, up at the crowd and smiles and says, the thing is we've been successful in our efforts. We've sought to create something well, originally we sought to create something that could stand on the front lines and replace our soldiers that could fight so that we wouldn't have to, but we've realized that it can heal as much as it can protect. And she opens up her instrument case to reveal not an instrument, but what looks like an arm, a metallic gauntlet of plate mail, basically, um, with sort of the articulated um, joints around the fingers and beautiful intricate runes carved into the entire length of it. 
and she raises the gauntlet to um, her arm and attaches it, and the gauntlet comes to life. And she twirls it back and forth, stretching out her fingers, almost like demonstrating the, the full movement and breadth. And then she opens her second case, and inside is a lute. And she pulls it out and smiles and begins to play. And, well, she's a true bard. This is magnificent personified. She takes the music that is produced by her lute and changes it before it reaches your ears. It's a magnificent performance. Simple, she doesn't play for long, only probably about 20 seconds, but nobody in the hall breathes for those 20 seconds. And then she stops and she bows raising her gauntleted arm to the side in a, a sweeping gesture and leaves the floor. And the hall's silent for a moment, mostly because this sort of magic isn't something that anybody's seen before. There's a long running truism about magic, which is that it can't stick to steel and it certainly doesn't like to stick to anything else. Animation can be done through necromancy by tying souls or, or spirits um, from beyond to things that currently exist, but nothing that would allow you to control it with that sort of specificity. Can I see yeah. when she um, when she attached it, did she do anything like, did she cast anything upon it before she initiated it? Like, or mm -hmm. could I see like, if like, could I determine what kind of school of magic it was or anything? Could I, could I notice her do anything in particular when she put it on or did she just put it on? She put it on and so there's a series of interconnected runes that run down the entire length of the arm, but only those around the, the base that she attached to her own arm ignited. Um, and that almost, that could just be that it was locking in place. It's hard to tell what it was actually doing. Okay. But... You could probably learn more if you got a closer look at it. Mm -hmm. The problem is she was down like on the floor and also she had this big wall of cloak in the way. It was there to or like accentuate the, the arm, but it also means that parts of the arm were probably covered from different angles. Mm -hmm. So okay. yeah. She walks over to, to Kel and Kel sort of smiles at the, the rest of the audience and the two climb a set of stairs and sit down. There's a series of other sort of final presentations. Again, it seems like the expo was drawing to a close. And at the end, a series of the, the organizers from this event uh, walk out and sort of acknowledge everybody who's gone before, who's, you know, acknowledges the Artigan craftsmen who made the desk, the roost for um, demonstrating this strange animation magic, the, the potion seller for letting everybody know about the advancement in this technology. And after the um, hosts have gone down the line, have thanked everybody for their attendance, they begin not so subtly hustling everybody in the ballroom out of the room. But not everyone's going. In fact, these people aren't even indicating that people need to leave to everybody. Um, the people from the roost, Kel and uh, your old contact, Farlina, Valindra, are not moving. They're still sitting in their seats, unmoved, as if they're waiting. Others around the room are also sitting down on, their, uh, on the platforms, just kind of waiting for the next thing. But many others are leaving the hall. What do you all do? Uh, by the way, uh, Valen, upstairs nobody's moving. 
they're just watching everybody depart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have I made it in? Uh, yes. Did I see any um, of the presentation? You saw the very tail end of um, the, the presentation from the folks from the roost as you were walking Saw her play in. but not attach. Yes. Cool. Exactly. Okay. You, you walked in as so the music. I don't music. really know what's going on. Exactly. You walked in <laughs> as the music was, was rising in the hall. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, like, are people around me moving down or are leaving, going to leave, like, where I am? Or just not everybody, just some people from the crowd are leaving? It seems like the majority of the crowd is leaving. Okay. Mm. Well, the guard said for me to... <laughs> guard gave me permission, so um, I, I, I'm i just gonna, I'm gonna hang around and sort of, like, peruse a little bit and, like, continue to sort of see if I can blend in with the people that look like they're sort of perusing around as well that aren't leaving and try to sort, sort of try to match them and slowly make my way over to where um, Valindra and the headmistress are. Okay. Are you um, trying not to be seen by them or is that of any importance to you? Not at first. I'm not actively trying to draw attention to myself right now, mm-hmm. um, but I'm starting to make my way over there. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, the ballroom begins to clear as, again, the event organizers um, and as well as the, the exhibitors clear away the what they were exhibiting, the furniture, the large vase, um, the other things that crowded the central floor. Um, and shockingly quickly, basically the ballroom empties mm. other than these few stragglers. And you can see the, the people upstairs, Valen, are sort of beginning to move from their spots. They're all starting to uh, walk, not in the direction of the staircase that you originally climbed in order to get here, but towards a back staircase that leads deeper into the castle. And indeed, a large set of doors on the opposite side of the ballroom from the one you entered in both, uh, uh, gosh, sorry. Uh, I, I want to call you Valindra. You, you've cursed me, Farlina. Farlina, you cursed me. I could be Farley too. It, it's soon be short. So uh, <laughs> Farley forever now. Uh, Farlina, a, a large set of doors on the opposite side are beginning to open. I think, well, okay. At this point, I'd like both you, Farlina, and also you, Tamir, to roll, I'm gonna call it a stealth check. This is just to, to say that you're not- Trying to be nonchalant. Exactly, you're trying yeah. to be nonchalant. Sure. You're not drawing attention to yourselves. Sure, sure, sure. Um, 14? Natural 20. All right. <laughs> 14. Okay. That's that's fine for both of you, so. Uh, I look like a rock on the wall. Yeah. <laughs> that's a weird boulder to have yeah. in the boulder room. Uh. <laughs> um, the ballroom has like a, a series of pillars along the, not the edge, but like near the, the, the walls uh, that are supporting the balcony up above. And you're able to sort of like, as keep as on quietly, the back side of exactly, one. Exactly, <laughs> without looking like you're hiding like, there. You're just kind of like quietly walking over there. <laughs> and as the doors open on the opposite side of the hall, everybody that's remaining, and the I want to go ahead and say that the people that are on the, the bottom floor that remain don't look thrilled. While there was a lot of excitement in the air during the expo, now that most of the um, folks have left and it's just these few remaining stragglers, A, these stragglers all look like they are dressed in finery. These are very well-off people. These are people of importance. And in a lot of cases, they were either exhibitors or um, people that were here in order to see what, you know, uh, what was going on in their country. But these are, these are important people 
that you are you, you have found yourself amongst. And also, like I said, they don't look happy. This doesn't seem like they are um, eagerly anticipating the event that they're about to uh, take part in. I, but, have, yes? I have a question. Mm -hmm. um, for using the disguise kit, is that something that takes like... Does it take a lot of time to put it, like, to put your disguise on and put something together? I've always, um, like, thought the disguise kit was, like, a makeup kit with, like, prosthetics and things like that. Is that what it is? Okay. Yeah. Okay. They wouldn't, I wouldn't have, like, like, spare clothing and jewelry or anything, <laughs> like, in there to, like, jazz myself up. But I'm already in here, so there's no... Yeah. I go to a corner and, like, <laughs> quickly I mean, put my you, might, you might have spare jewelry. Mm, that's all true. things I considered. Would. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, then I will, like, in a clandestine manner, move about to, like, a side and sort of, I don't know, quickly, you know, like, fix my hair and, like, swap my earrings out and, like, some put some extra rings on and just, like, jazz myself up a little bit. Okay. Um, I, yeah, I imagine she would want to do that anyway, so. Absolutely. Yeah. Do, do I see her doing that? Well, I was about to say, so now there's two people hidden slightly behind pillars like, being very as nonchalant as humanly possible. Just raise a hand. I just meant it like, like, like I'm just trying to straighten myself out a little bit. You but... probably wouldn't do that in the middle of a crowd, though, so exactly. not, that's why I said you probably just step behind. aside yeah. and do that and then, and then rejoin. Okay. So. I'll, uh, I'll stuff most of my stuff in the bag of holding. Okay. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll keep... Well, the bag of holding out and the uh, package strapped to my back. Okay. But everything else can go inside. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you move with the crowd as stealthily as possible, uh, making your way through the doors in the back, which lead to a, a large hallway and then another set of doors, which lead down into a basically what looks like a very small meeting hall. Uh, this is not an event space. This is like more like two conference rooms strapped together um but it's it's finely decorated and in the center is a large round table with a series of seven chairs on one side and on the other side three chairs facing them along the walls are low benches that people are beginning to to take their seats um on as you make your way in and you can kind of like duck into a corner and as quietly yeah, as possible. Yeah. Duck near the door, yeah. <laughs> let's um, say. And I'll, I'll sit, like, I'll, I'll continue to have that, like, nice presence about me. I'll sit down and, like, I'm, I'm, I know what, like, what etiquette I need to have to look like I need to belong here. Okay. So. I'm going to post up near the door looking bored. All right. <laughs> I'm going to ask you both, and you, you've been very good up to this point, so to make deception checks with advantage. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> what was it? Um, 16 for me. 14. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> anyway, you make your way uh, in. You, Farlina, are positioned close enough to uh, Kel and Valindra. Okay. Uh, who you are tailing because they're the ones from the roost that mm -hmm. made the thing. Yep. Um, to quietly be in a position to overhear them if they, they talk. Mm -hmm. And you, Valen, and Westrich uh, accompany the rest of the nobles as they descend into this room as well. Westrich gives you a, a kind of toothy grin and says, I'm I'm going to the uh, the center, center table, but I'll, I'll talk with you later. See you, buddy. Should be informative. Uh, <laughs> and he sort of, like, nods at you and just leaves to go sit at the center <laughs> table, leaving you kind of... What a weird guy. Alone. <laughs> yeah. In the middle of the room. A little peeved. Yeah, a little okay. peeved. Whatever. Uh, and yeah, he goes and takes one of the, the seven seats. And 
several of the other representatives from the six Gwyn noble houses take the other, uh, well, six of the other seven seats. The room falls kind of quiet and then, although obviously there's a lot of people in it, so they're murmuring, but everybody's keeping their voices down until a series of people walk through the doors that you just entered. And I think, especially for uh, you, Farlena, and for you, Tamir, this was a bit unexpected. And part of what's unexpected, though, is that uh, the group that walks into this room, well, it's the regent. Accompanied by uh, a small uh, group from his court, including the magistrar, a uh, basically the, the head of justice, who is a pale pink-skinned tiefling in beautiful justice's robes of uh, white and gold that are spilling to the floor, as well as uh, basically the head magic advisor of the capital, Forsafane, uh, a woman from Veilfer who has been advising the regent. Uh, there's also two guard that walk behind the regent into the room, and the regent walks over to the side of the table with the six other nobles and sits in the seventh seat. What does the regent look like? The regent is a medium height man. He's probably about 5'8". He's human in surprisingly simple but beautifully made clothes. Um, he's wearing a white tunic with sort of a dark knee-length cape over top. He has a necklace around his neck and he has sort of like shoulder-length dark hair. He doesn't wear a crown or anything like that. He doesn't actually wear any of the symbols of the Gwen King because he is not the king. He is simply holding the seat for the time being. And he sits in the chair in the middle of the the other six nobles and uh, nods at the magistrar who is standing on the other side of the table with the three empty chairs. The magistrar looks around the room and in sort of a an earnest, quiet voice that nonetheless echoes throughout the entire hall begins her opening statement. Our country, Gwyn, is a range of scar tissue between the two great powers on either side of us. We are a country defined by our neighbors shifting borders, and what semblance of autonomy we have has been earned in inches. But we are a land of mixed loyalties. There are those among us that miss the comfort of Waxen's rigor, that miss the military, the control, the confidence. There are those that miss Gauntler, its old ties to older gods, its unshakable everlasting monarchy. There are those that see Gwyn's founders as opportunists, and traitors. And it is that perception that has led not only those within our borders, but also those abroad to see us as an easy target. And she's almost like, as she's saying that, she's interrupted by one of the, the nobles at the table, um, the young Opry girl who sort of yells above that, it's because we don't have a king. And the magistrar just continues completely like ignoring that. She says, but that perception is wrong. Two weeks ago, invaders from Waxen sought to end the life of our regent king and see how they failed. They sought to destabilize the government and see how they failed. They sought to make us look weak, but instead they have proved that we are strong. Today we seek to hear from one of the failed assassins. We will hear their story and we will learn. I, Magistrar, call the prisoner Tybalt Balo to the table. <laughs> and from behind her, Two palace guards drag a man in chains and sit him 
in one of the empty chairs facing the seven on the other side of the table. <laughs> hey, Gus, <laughs> do you want to introduce oh, your character? Oh, oh my god! <laughs> oh, hope you have a backup. Thank you for listening to D&D Major In-Betweens, Episode 1. In-Betweens was written by Gina Smith, starring Gina Smith, Allison Mann, Gus Ireland, Evan Falco, and Victor Mann. The music was composed, orchestrated, and recorded by Jacob Ryan Smith. D&D Major was created by Gina Smith, Jacob Ryan Smith, and Allison Mann. If you're interested in supporting the creators and future productions, consider donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash Or to see our Let's Plays and other projects, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Short One Gaming.